tell somebody, pastor today is going to talk to us. Let me try that again. Pastor today is going to talk to us about the T factor. Look at somebody say the T factor. The T factor. Uh, when you deal with the word factor, uh, one meaning of the word factor is that it pertains to an ingredient or an element that um, has a part to do, it contributes to the end. It contributes to an outcome. It is something that influences and or affects uh, what takes place or what happens. Look at somebody say the factor. Today we're going to talk about the T factor, the T factor. Uh, there are some ingredients that are necessary for something to come out rightly, um, and that's what a factor is. Uh, sometimes uh, we got to call on Sister T. Is Sister T in the house today? <laughs> sometimes you got to have the T factor. When it comes to having something that's going to taste pretty good, I'm not putting anybody else down or putting anybody else aside. Uh, but when you got the tea factor in the mix, uh, no matter what you got going on, what's on the table, what's laid out on the spread, when you've asked just the tea uh, to step into the mix, uh, you know what the outcome is going to be. It's going to be some finger licking, lips smacking, jaw. Chomping. <laughs> when you got the tea factor in the midst of your celebration, whether it's a good time or whether it's a, a funeral repast, when Sister T, uh, when the tea factor's in play, you know what the outcome is going to be. Tea is, is, is very important uh, in life. Uh, this tea that we're talking about. Um, somebody, uh, not so long ago, had asked me, he said, I, I, I need to, I need to find out what you think about this here, um, make sure my thinking is all right, that I'm not seeing this improperly. And uh, they expressed to me uh, the situation. Uh, they shared with me what was done to them, how they were treated, and uh, you know all that they had done and everything uh, participated in what was going on and how they were treated thereafter and uh, how they felt uh, when it was over with. And I gave them my assessment. And... Uh, they said, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, it didn't dawn on me then, uh, but a little later on that evening or the next day, I can't remember, uh, I texted them, and I said to them, um, I sh probably should have mentioned this, but I didn't. Uh, but I want you to know that what you shared, everything you shared 
with me in terms of the situation, uh, the participants, along with yourself and all of that, uh, what you shared with me, that stays with us. It's not going to go anywhere. And they responded to me with this. They said, oh, that was no issue with me. I had confidence that it wouldn't go any further than you and me. And what that says is that that individual had some trust in me. Look at somebody and say trust. That's the T factor, trust. Often when you deal with the word, the acronym team, I can't remember sometimes I get the acronym and the acrostic way of doing things a little mixed up here. I have to look it up sometimes to see what the difference is. Uh, but you may take the word team. And generally the T, most people will uh, utilize the T to stand for together. Whenever one thing is together, everyone accomplishes more. Uh, but in regards to team, even in life, husband and wife relationship, uh, the T stands for trust. Uh, if a husband and wife do not trust each other, uh, when they may be in certain kinds of situations and circumstances uh, that where they could become vulnerable, if there is no trust, something gets in the mix that you really don't want in the mix in the relationship. And even in your own relationships with people, uh, that T factor is extremely important uh, to make things so much better. Uh, has anybody experienced that and realized, hey, that's a reality? You've got to have the T factor. Well, go with me to the book of Isaiah. We're going to take a look at this T factor. In the book of Isaiah, chapter. 26, Isaiah in the Old Testament, chapter 26, and when you got it, just holler, praise the Lord, boy, y'all got some hollow hollers, I tell you, <laughs> Isaiah chapter 26. Reads like this, beginning of the first verse. In that day shall this song be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. Salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwark, bulwarks or ramparts. Open ye the gates that the righteous nation which keepeth truth may enter in. And so that those who are faithful, faithful may enter in. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. And the song continues. For he bringeth down them that dwell on high, the lofty city, he layeth it low. Layeth it low even to the ground, he bringeth it even to the dust. The foot shall tread it down, even the foot of the poor, and the steps of the needy. That's the main portion of the song that it says that in that day, 
that the people of Judah would see. The prophet Isaiah is a very important uh, prophet, very important writer, book that we have uh, in the Bible. This prophet Isaiah uh, was a man who spoke uh, strongly and uh, lived, and his ministry was, he was an 8th century prophet, and that was, would be in the 700 uh, years B.C., before we come to the hinge of history, if you will. So 700 years prior to the period, the time when Jesus was born, this prophet was living, and he did the work of the Lord. The book of Isaiah is an interesting book. It's a long book, uh, but it deals with um, Judah, and it deals with the nations of God, particularly this particular portion of the book. Uh, he's dealing with God's sovereignty and what God was going to do uh, because of the nations that were existing at that point in time. Those nations had relied upon and built up their military strength. And that was something that they absolutely relied upon was their ability and their strength in and of themselves and what they had and how they could go about. But God, in dealing with his people, Judah, uh, because, again, uh, they were going to go into captivity, there were many nations that were always fighting and against God's people. And God, uh, in this particular book, he does, uh, says a lot of things, but one of the things that this book is for is that these words from the prophet are an encouragement to the Jews who were uncertain about their future. Uh, they were uncertain about what was going to happen, how things were going to take down. Uh, the writer David, in his psalm, certainly, uh, David lived before prophet uh, Isaiah, uh, but David, even in his writing, talked about enemies and how that they uh, had come upon him and against him. And he said it this way. Uh, he says, for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But then he says this. He says, but I trusted in thee. Look at somebody say the TV factor. He said, but I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in your hand, or my future is in your hand, or my future is under your control. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make your face shine upon thy servants. Save me for thy mercy's sake. My future's in your hand, but I trust you no matter what the enemies look like against me. And so Judah uh, had many enemies against them. And one of the things that God declares through the prophet Isaiah is that, one, God was going to destroy those nations that were coming up against his people, what they had to deal with, the Babylonians, the Assyrians, uh, Edom, uh, uh, Syria, other, other nations and a whole bunch of them that were given. God said, I'm going to destroy them. And when I do that, in that day, the day that I bring you back to where I said you're going to go, in that day you're going to have a song to sing. 
because it's going to be a difference and that your future is not going to be what it was, nor is it going to be what it looks like right now because they just won't sh weren't sure how their future was going to be. And so he's giving them a glimpse. And sometimes uh, trying to read through the prophets and to interpret the prophets are a little bit difficult because often the prophets speak uh, and they're dealing with the present, they're dealing with the past, they're dealing with the present, and they're dealing with the future, intermingled all together. So sometimes it's a little bit different, difficult being able to distinguish on how and what they're doing because those three aspects of life or what they see and how they uh, receive revelation from God, sometimes it intermingles the past, the present, and the future. But in this particular portion of the scripture, he's dealing with the future and what God is going to do. And the most important thing was that to understand that God is in control. And when God is in control, tell somebody you can relax a little bit. And that's all because of the T factor. Look at somebody again and say the T factor. Um, they needed uh, to trust in God. Trust is the primary challenge that this book of Isaiah confronts the people with. And in several ways throughout this particular book, minimally about 10 times expressed in different ways, that's what he's telling the people of God to do is just to simply trust God in spite of the enemies and the conditions and the circumstances that you see around about you. They are called to put their trust in God because there is no other God. There's only one, and that is Jehovah. And so they are to uh, look at their future, hear what the voice of God is saying through this prophet, and look forward to that day. For in that day, he says, God says through the prophet, you're going to sing a song. It's not the song you're singing now. It's not the feeling that you're singing now, but you're going to sing a song in the future. The song is going to make declaration that we have a strong city and that salvation will God appoint for walls and bulwarks. In other words, uh, we're going to have a strong city surrounded by the salvation and the security of God. He says that uh, you're going to have open gates instead of closed gates, because a little further on, the city was a wasteland, and the gates, the houses, there were shut doors. But God says, in that day, when this thing is reversed, when this thing is turned around, there's going to be strength all around, and actually the gates of the doors are going to be open to receive those who are faithful unto me. And then he declares something that you've read before. He says, but thou, speaking to God, he says that thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he what? Trusts in thee. Look, somebody going to say the T factor. Because he trusteth in thee. Trust, and he says to the people, in the Lord forever. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Write this down. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You already know that, don't you? 
Hebrews 11 and 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Here's what I want you to get. Without trust, it's impossible to have faith in God. Without trust, it's impossible to have faith in God. Without trust, it's impossible to have faith in God. Now, you know, Hebrews 11, 1 and 3, and all that says, but faith is the substance of things, what? Hope for the evidence of things not seen. Right? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Just as it is with trust, so it is with hope. Hope, without hope, you can't really have faith. Hope is what gives faith operating room to breathe. Uh, it's the oxygen of faith. In order for faith to live, there has to be hope. And so it is with faith in regards to trust. It's difficult to have faith in God without trust in God. Uh, Y'all know some people that you just can't trust, right? And there's a reason for it, because of their track record. Uh, But there are some people that you can put trust in because of their track record. And so... Uh, The writer, the prophet, is encouraging the people to remember the God, the one whom you serve. Remember who he is. You've got to trust him at all times. Matter of fact, that's what one of the psalmists said. Trust the Lord at all times. There are several things the Bible tells us to do at all times. David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. So you need to always be in a posture ready to bless God. Don't ever allow any circumstance or situation in your life to get you to stop blessing God. Uh, When Job was assaulted with what came down upon him in a couple of days, when it all was said and done, Job said, blessed be the name of the Lord. You've got to always be in a posture to bless the Lord. I will bless the Lord at all times. The Bible also encourages and tells us to pray without ceasing. We actually ought to be praying to pray. At all times. In everything, we're also to give thanks. All right. At all times, I think Paul said in Ephesians 5, he says, giving thanks always or at all times. So there's several things that we ought to be doing at all times, no matter what the situation is, how we ought to respond to it. We're to be praying. We're to give God thanks. We're to bless Him. But we also ought to trust Him at all all times. That's Psalm 62 and verse 8. Trust in the Lord at all times. Matter of fact, take a look at it real quick. Let me, what did I say? 68? Psalm 60, 62. Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Psalm 62 and verse, um, look at verse 8, verse 6. He is only, he only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in him. Verse 8, trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your heart before him. 
God is a refuge for us. And so we have to put trust in God at all times uh, because humans are unreliable. Uh, sometimes even those that you put great confidence in, sometimes they may fail. Uh, they may not maintain and keep up uh, with that level of uh, trustability, if you will. For whatever reason, it doesn't mean that they've done something wrong or sinned. Uh, but sometimes, how many of you all have kept every last promise you made in your entire life? All right. <laughs> uh, sometimes we're just incapable of doing it. But we're to trust in him at all times because God is trustworthy. And so he says, Thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusted in thee. A mind that dwells on God is a steady mind. That's really what he's talking about and saying that. A steady mind is a mind that stays on God. A mind that dwells on God, catch this, a mind that dwells on God develops trust in God. A mind that dwells on God develops trust in God. Thou would keep in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, therefore, because he trusteth in thee. And so as we trust God, uh, we learn to depend upon him. But a mind that dwells on God develops a trust in God. Stayed means to prop, to lean up or against something, to lean on something. Anytime when you lean on something, what, it, what you're doing or what you're saying is that I trust that this thing will hold me up and not cause me to fall. That's what this word trust here that Isaiah is dealing with. It's having uh, confidence in something, feeling safe and having security. And that's the kind of trust that God wants us to have in him. He wants us to have a trust that is of a confident security, not a constant anxiety. Because, again, mothers that are holding on to us, that relieves them of their anxiety, being able to get up these steps, being able to get through where I got to get through because I've got somebody to lean on that I believe and trust have the confidence that they will hold me up so I can securely get to my destination to where I am to be. And that's all that God is saying through the prophet here. He's telling them, I know uh, it looks a little dreary. It looks a little difficult. It looks unsure of what your future might be, particularly because of the strength of these nations that are upon and against you and what it appears to be weakness in your ability and what you have, but trust in the Lord. Uh, some trust in chariots, some trust in horses, but uh, the psalmist said, but we will remember or we will trust in the name of the Lord. And so, uh, we want someone to hold us up. And God says that he will uphold us with the right hand of his righteousness. You can look at Psalm 37. Some of you know this one by heart. Psalm 37. 
Psalm 37 and verse 23. Psalm 37 and verse 23. Reads, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, talking about the good man, the good person, though he fall, and this fall is not dealing with moral issues and moral situations. The fall here is dealing with troubles and situations that come into your life. David said, this poor man cried unto the Lord. And when he uses the word poor, he talks about one who is depressed in circumstances. He got so much on him, so much bearing upon him that he has become depressed. He's pressed down because of the circumstances that are weighing down upon him. And so it's speaking here of being under pressure, being under situations and circumstances, not moral failure. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. He may, he will not along the way. He's not going to be knocked all the way out. He may go down a little bit. He may go down a little further, but he's not knocked out at all. He's not utterly cast down. Why? For the Lord, what? Upholds him with his hand. So the mothers feel secure. Just use it as an example so you understand. The mothers feel secure when they've got somebody to hold on to, to lean on to, securely to get them to where they're going because they trust that individual having the ability to do so. So God wants us to trust him because he says no matter how far down it may get in your life, how the circumstances may be laid upon you. You will not be utterly cast down because I will uphold you. You can lean on me. You can depend upon me. You can rely upon me to securely sustain you uh, when it even looks like you might be on your way down. Tell somebody, feel secure in God. So when you know God is in control because of his sovereignty, is what he's dealing with them, with him, them here, that his sovereignty says, my plan that I have for these nations to destroy them, uh, nobody can stop it. But neither can nobody stop the plan I have for you, Judah, that you're going to be where I said that you're going to be. And so you can truly relax when you know that I am in control. Sometimes you got to remind yourself about that, about God. If God is in control, then I can relax in him. I can relax in the control of God. That's why he said, thou would keep him in perfect peace. It's a double, double emphatic. Because I trust in God, he gives me some security and some relaxation, even though things are pressed hard up against me. I can relax in trusting him because he's in control. God's got control of the situation. Even though I may not feel that I'm in control in the circumstance, God is yet in control, and I can relax in his control. Therefore, God grants it to be peace. Y'all know the Paul's called it peace that passes all understanding. Can't figure it out. Sometimes people are always wondering, trying to figure out, 
how are they maintaining in the midst of the mess that they're going through? It's because of what God what God supplies into their life. And so uh, thou would keep him in perfect peace. And here for them, it was a corporate peace and an individual peace. Again, those first two verses there, that verse 1 and verse 2, it was a corporate peace. It was the peace in the city. We got a strong city. God says, you're going to have a strong city. And also for the nation. In verse 2, open up the gates for the righteous nation to come in, to walk in. There was going to be a corporate peace in the city and among the people of God, but also the individual peace, for thou would keep him. The individual in peace whose mind is stayed upon me. It's not just a steadfastness, but it's a, a, a steadiness, being steadied on God, dwelling upon him. Because when we dwell upon God, God invades and takes up the most uh, on the inside of us. And when we dwell upon him, it's almost like magnifying him. No matter what the situation is, you magnify God. You make God bigger than the problem. You make God bigger than the situation. You make God bigger than what you're in. When you dwell, when your mind dwells upon God, you begin to develop trust in God because you realize that God's bigger than this. God's greater than this. This has nothing against the ability of God. And so I developed trust in him. But he goes on to tell them, trust you in the Lord how often? In verse 4, forever. Trust you in the Lord forever, again or at all times. He says, really, you're to have a lifelong trust in God. God's people, a lifelong trust in God. Not just for the moment, but for your future. Not just for now, but how things are going to work out down the road. Not just for now, but as you look upon your life, even as you move to getting older with gray hair, that you may color, to look younger, but yet still feel older. No matter how long it might be, how long and how you might feel, we ought to develop along the way a lifelong trust in God. And here's the reason why. Because of the eternal being of God, his eternality. He says, trust you in the Lord forever. For in the Lord, Jehovah, is everlasting strength. And there's a double thing there. Uh, Jehovah is Lord. Lord is Jehovah. So it says, the Lord, the self-existent one, the one who existed before anything else ever was, trust in him. Trust in the internality of God. For the Lord, Jehovah himself, is our everlasting strength. He is the rock of ages. He is the eternal rock. There is no eroding of his eternality. And therefore, there is no eroding of his strength because he's an eternal rock. We can go to the rock that's higher than I. It says trust in him because he is everlasting strength. And he shows that he's going to do that. In verse, in chapter 25, just for your hearing, he says, For 
They're thinking about him. The prophet's dealing with people again. He says, for thou has been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in distress, a refuge from the storm, a shadow from the heat. When the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall, God's going to bring things down for you again. But he's the one who provides strength to the poor, strength to the needy, those who are weak, those who are marginalized, those who don't have the whatever to even to get up and to get going. God is our strength. Therefore, our trust must be and must be maintained or steadied in him. Tell somebody, the way I live is by trusting God. Don't ever get so comfortable in what you have, in your numbers, how well things may look on paper. Don't get too comfortable in what gives you that pep in your step and that stride in your, what's I messed that up, that pep in your step and something else in your stride. The glide in your stride. Thank you, Sister T. I knew you'd help me out. The glide in your stride. Don't get so confident in that because God will bring the lofty city down to dust, as he says there in the song in verse 4 and verse 5. Don't get so cocky in what you have because God will bring you to a point to where all of that can disappear and all you have left is whether or not you will trust God, whether or not you will place your faith in God. And so it is with these people here. That's where they were. They were at a point not knowing what their future was going to be, but God says in that day, this is what your future is going to be like. This is where you're going to be positioned. This, you're going to be there because I'm going to put you there. And what was all against you, I'm going to put it down there because I have the ability to do so. And that which has come up against you to destroy you, it shall be made, crushed down to the ground and become like the dust. And yet still you're going to be living up in the hill because the prophet Isaiah deals often with what Sometimes we don't know if it's the millennial period, if it's the period of eternity to be with God. Uh, but he speaks about how things are going to be in the future and that the people of God are going to experience uh, at a later point. But here, specifically, it's in that day. This is what you're going to experience. And all you've got to do is put your trust in me. And I don't know what lay and lies ahead uh, for many of us, uh, but no matter what it is, God wants you to place your trust in him. I'm going to, bless you, Brother Pastor, I'm going to, uh, Brother, you two brothers back there, y'all come up here real quick, both of y'all.